Sherman Burdett. Thank you for joining the Mommy Magic Podcast. Hello, I hello. I almost like lost my words there for a second because I'm so excited <laughs> that you're on. So thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. How are you? How are you, my dear? I am great. And I'm so grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to hop on so we could record such an important topic, um, which we're going to get to in a minute. But our topic that we've decided is getting beyond people pleasing and setting healthy boundaries. And this is one of our favorite things. It is. To, to cahoot about, right? Right. Because it's so it's so hard to do. Right? It is so hard to do. We are we are constantly in um, in the process of, of trying to master that. And you are you are such an important person in my life, uh, but we're going to get to all of that. But first, I want to share um, with the listeners who Sherman Burdett is. So if you could just relax for two minutes and let all me right. brag on you, that would be great. Yeah, okay, okay, if you must. <laughs> I know it's going to be super difficult, but here we go. Sherman Burdett is the host and reporter, um, as well as a personality of a popular morning TV segment called Where is Sherman on Fox 59's Morning News in Indianapolis. He is the writer, the producer, the planner, and does all the social media around all of his segments. You are one busy man, for sure. Um, Sherman is the, a two-time Emmy Award-winning reporter and host and five-time Emmy Award nominee. I, um, I know this for a fact that you have worked in seven different TV markets around the country. Um, you have a background in acting and stage and on film. And um, you spend most of your time when you're not working on television or if you're not um, acting on film or on the stage, you love yoga. You hit it for meditation, for grounding, and you love spending time uh, with your partner, Bill, and your three furry kiddos, Frank, Lucy, and Ava. Not only that, but you are the godfather to my girls, and we are so grateful for you and could not think of um, a better role model uh, and influence on our kids' lives than you, Sherman. Oh, um, thank you. Love, love, love you. You are. Uh, you have a long-term goal of finishing your book. That you are working on a memoir. Uh, a memoir on um, what it's like to be in local TV news. I can't wait. I've read excerpts, mm -hmm. and I we we <laughs> like to to meet and brainstorm. But I can't wait to actually get it in my hands. And read it, and I'll yeah. be the first person to, to support you and, and purchase it. I can't wait to actually finish it. <laughs> you know, I love of, it. It's a scary, it's a scary journey, right? <laughs> well, you know what? Nobody um, is a better storyteller than you, and that's really why I asked you um, to be a guest on this. Not only because you're such an amazing um, person and influence in my life, our kids' lives. Um, I, I've just adore you. We met at Fox 59. Mm -hmm. um, we met in the newsroom kind of coming and going uh, due to my segment, Mommy Magic, um, and due to all the amazing work you've done at Fox. You've done it all over the country. I've done it locally here in Indianapolis, but I, you had me at hello. I was starry-eyed. I know. We both, you. well, wait, wait, we were, both were. Come on now. <laughs> it was, it was uh, a mutual admiration uh, moment, or moments as we yeah, I mean, you're talking about this. I'm visualizing, you know, how we met and how our conversations and, you know, looking back and that was what 11 years ago now. I mean, look, yes. uh, looking back, 
it all makes sense. <laughs> it does. I kind of, so I have, I've kind of um, <laughs> romanticized our meeting uh, in my head, and it's that moment of dirty dancing where I'm running through the news hallway <laughs> like Jennifer Grey and you pick me up and you twirl me over your head and the song is playing and all is right with the world. Well, you know what? That didn't actually happen, but yeah. I guess. It did not because there's, no there's no way you'd be able to pick me up. I was but... not saying that, but it just never would, never, would, never did happen. But I get you. I get, I feel you. Okay. I feel you. Yeah. Well, we have had the time of our lives together yeah, and um, to. you're, your significant other, Bill, and my husband, Zach, um, are so glad we have each other. They just roll their eyes and say, yeah, just whatever. You guys just go do you guys, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think they pay any attention to us anymore. No. Thank I mean, God. I really don't, right. but that's okay. So we we spend holidays together. We both love dressing up for Halloween pre-COVID. We would, we would rock and mean Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had so many costumes over the years, but most of all, I'm super grateful for your wisdom, your influence, your um, your ability to uh, not react in a manner that um, most people first who are coming off this election and and a lot of people don't think before they speak. And one of the things I love about you is your discernment um, to really uh, make people feel inclusive to feel loved and you are just such an amazing storyteller. So with that, I was wondering if you mm-hmm. would please share a little bit about what has led you to your purpose in your work um, and also what you're doing in your personal life through writing your memoir. So can you share a little bit about that? Well, you know, first it, my purpose and work really goes back to when I was a kid as a news nerd watching election returns when I was eight years old. Um, and, and, and really, my, my upbringing, um, my storytelling kind of falls along that line of we all have a purpose in life. We all have a story to tell. And I go back to actually something that my grandfather said to me. Um, I, think, I, said, well, gosh, I think it was like 15 or 16. And that he said, Sherman, be who you are. Be who you are. And that came after a really dark uh, moment, um, argument, if you will, with my father um, and who was upset that he thought that I was gay. Um, So my grandfather telling me to be who you are and ignore the noise, basically, from my father kind of sounds kind of strange to say out loud that way. But that's, you know, my grandfather, the father, but that's how it happened. And I think that was that was a huge moment for me uh, in being able to be, you know, to to be the road to being who I am and the road to telling that story and the road to telling the story about others and and their journeys. And I think that all that comes together uh, for me with what I do on TV every morning. So it's about telling people's stories. It's about the fact that every story matters and you know, don't let anybody or anything define you, you define it. That's right. And you do such a beautiful job of being transparent and authentic um, about everything you're talking about, what you do, and then in the platform that you have on a daily basis, um, 
is sharing people's lives that they trust you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether it's their, their livelihood, their business, and you're a huge advocate for local business and supporting that, which is so important, but they're really sharing their livelihood, mm-hmm. their lives right. uh, with you. And you get to translate that to, you know, at 60,000 people every morning, five days a week and the trust that that takes is powerful. And it's because you're so authentic and and uh transparent and it's 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 an important skill set we all need to become um better at and that is letting listening and letting people People share their stories you know right you're right and we take that very seriously i say we me and my photographer bj when we go out and play uh, go, go out and feature places and you know oftentimes or from time to time we'll get someone who maybe is not familiar so much with what we do uh, maybe their introduction to what we do has only been via email or conversation that I've had and I've discovered them and reached out to them or something. And so they may have not watched and they don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, you, you touched on this in terms of trust because sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Uh, can I, you know, they're really nervous and they're nervous for being on TV. But I think some of that is the nerves to let their story into someone else's hands, right? Just to talk mm-hmm. and, 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 and share their business or their restaurant or whatever. And then what happens after, you know, when we're in a situation like that, after we do our first segment, which is like 7.50 in the morning, typically throughout the week, um, right after we do our first segment, you can just feel a calm come over them. And some of them will actually say, oh my gosh, thank you. I didn't know, I, you made it so easy. And then from there on, they're trusting, you know, they're trusting that, oh my gosh, we're in good hands. And mm-hmm. I always emphasize that, you know, when we're doing these things, hey, we're here to make you look good and we're here to tell mm-hmm. your story. That is that is number one. It may say where Sherman on the title of the segment, but the story is you or the restaurant or whatever we're featuring that morning. Well, you know, in order to do that as effectively as you do, you have to be a giver and you have to know that it, you're not doing it um, for you and the attention you're doing it to shine Um, your ability on somebody else to help them and support them and help them share their story. And I think that's what we really, um, you and I really connected on, you know, we, I made fun of like the whole moment that we met, but you know, you can tell somebody's energy when you first meet them. Mm -hmm. And I I think sometimes we ignore that, you know, we do a lot of um, helping people along and as we age and we get wiser, you and I have had long lengthy you know, lengthy discussions about, you know, um, just letting people be who they are and meet them where they are and, and, and honoring that. Uh, but, you know, if we let that play out um, versus helping it along, we probably would see signs uh, faster of people who may not be super healthy for us, mm-hmm. which really, yeah, which really brings us mm-hmm. to our, our overall overarching theme for this podcast. Um, And I was super excited when you suggested it because, you know, it's just basically like sitting over lunch with you, having one of our, one of our power, one of our power, one of our many, one of our our many, many. (laughs) Yeah. So the topic is getting beyond people pleasing and setting healthy boundaries, something that we both have worked on throughout our lives Mm. Um, and I'm really curious to know your journey in that and what your overall approach on why it is important to not only, um, you know, 
I don't think you can have one without the other. I don't think you can have healthy boundaries until you get beyond people pleasing. Mm -hmm. But I'm really interested after all of your personal work and professional work, what your thoughts are on that. Well, I will start with this. It has been a journey because um, I remember years ago as a a teenager, even, you know, uh, probably even before that, that my mom would say to me, Sherman, you have to stop trying to be a people pleaser. You have to stop, you know, making or wanting everyone to like you. So it's been a genuine issue for me. I think it's sort of in my DNA. So that said, uh, it's been a journey and, and, and doing it and trying to be nice about it, I guess, or, or trying to do it carefully. Um, it, I've, I've come to, to know how to do it um, I guess, I don't know, I guess effectively. Um, but, but it didn't come easy for me. And it, it, and I think, you know, I, we've talked about this. It's because, you know, you don't want to feel like you're sliding someone or if you're, if they it can talk you into, uh, doing something that maybe you don't really want to do or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's really difficult. So for, for me, I've had to come to grips with the fact that, A, okay, Sherman, you're a people pleaser. You know, know that that's a problem or an issue, number one. And then, right. and then number two, just to lay out the boundaries yourself. So I, my, my number one goal when it comes to, to doing this is just to have those things in, my, in place, in my heart, in my mind. You know, there are certain things, certain boundaries that you will not cross, you won't let anyone cross. And it's hard to do, um, especially, let's say, you know, for my work, for example, you know, I, I come in contact with so many different people um, and, and that's just one thing. And then there's, you know, trying to um, you know, try to keep your boundaries with your managers and just your work and the balance of that. They, the, it, the line just becomes so, so blurred. Um, and I, you know, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but. I wanted to add when you just said exactly what you said about the blurry lines, I didn't, I didn't want to lose this thought. I mean, do you think that when you're especially talking about work and everybody has, especially right now in the midst of COVID all, everything's been thrown out the window, like, you know, it's like a new world, right? Mm -hmm. So do you feel like that sometimes people professionally um, misunderstand that if you're nice, that that means you're weak? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my mother, I keep going back to my childhood, but my, my mother's used to say, don't take my kindness for weakness. And uh, people do. I mean, they really do. They, you know, they, oh my gosh, Jeremy, you're so cool. You're so nice or whatever, which is great. I mean, you know, I feel like it, the purpose, one of the main purposes of life is to be kind and be uh, open-hearted and understanding to others and support others. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's in my DNA, but, uh, there are people who will take advantage of that. And that's when we, as people like myself or like you who are people pleasers, that's when we have to be, you know, armed with our own ammunition, if you will, uh, to be able to protect ourselves so that that person doesn't take advantage of that or walk through that. I mean, it's, it's, it's different from, you know, reaching out to be and help and all that good stuff is great. But when someone starts taking that and taking advantage of you, you have to recognize that and, and figure out w- within your boundaries, how do you, how do you 
deflect that, right? Right. And I, I think that it took me a very long time in, in the midst of, of, you know, raising three girls who are turning into adults and young women. Beautiful, beautiful, um, that, beautiful young women, by the uh, way. Don't forget the that. Well, you are biased because <laughs> you're their godfather. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, that self-care and putting yourself first Mm -hmm. is not selfish. Okay. okay? Thanks for saying that. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So again, you know, taking care of yourself and setting and that a lot of times means setting boundaries with those who will want to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that doesn't mean that you're selfish. Uh, And, and I, my, my question to you is, is that something that, you know, you agree with and or can share a little bit about your journey with making the distinction about about that because it's such it's it gets really um confusing Mm -hmm. uh and people people who like to um appear that they care about you but really what they're doing is draining Mm -hmm. you uh and you're like you know wait i just assumed if i'm going to be kind and gracious and, and inclusive with you that you were going to do the same. Right. So, but a lot of time people wear masks. They're, that's not really their agenda. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. can you share a little bit about well, that? You know what? I will tell you what yoga is one, one word answer for me. I really had to find something and I will tell you, Mary Susan, I was on a journey. Uh, and I've, I've practiced yoga now for eight, nine years, but I was on a journey to, to answer that question, what you just said, or to really look at that distinction to say, you know, uh, be, self-care is not being selfish. And I realized that I had, while I had my boundaries, I was still concerned that I might be being selfish in my life if I wanted, if I wanted to take care of myself. Um, and so yoga, I kept telling myself, I don't know, for two years, I was like, I want to try yoga, try yoga, try meditation, try. And finally I did. And I will tell you, it was life changing for me in that um, those moments and taking those deep breaths, anyone listening who you practices yoga will be able to relate to this, um, is if you practice it, there are a couple of different ways to practice yoga. And one of them is actually taking in the whole meditation part of it. And what it, the intention, the true intention of yoga, is, as far as I see it, and that's that is a time to basically settle. And when you're in that moment and settling and kind of going through and you're taking yourself through these postures and you're going, there's something that amazing that can happen. And what happened for me was discover that, you know what, this is self-care for me. And it's OK for me to take that time to do that. And, you know, pre-COVID, you know, there was a rule around my house, you know, with Bill and the kids or whatever that, okay, in my schedule, I only had one week, one day in the week where I could totally dedicate to go to yoga for two hours. And I was determined, look, I have to have that week, that, that day, that Saturday morning was mine, all mine. Do not mess with me. It is mine, right? <laughs> you claimed, claimed it. it. You had to claim but it. I will tell you, you know, while sometimes I would get pushed back and say, well, Sharon, we want to do, no, you know what? It's mine. You go do, you know, right. basically shutting the door. But, I, you know, I, I did not feel bad about it. You know, I 
you know no because you I, need it you need it to center and to recharge and, and, and it became and... this thing where it's like okay uh if i didn't get that two hours on a saturday you know the rest that next week was not a fun week to be around sherman so then it became i became right. hey, sherman are you going to yoga <laughs> you know like go go okay. you know so how old were you when you finally staked that Oh, gosh. Plane? So that, um, whew, um, gosh, it took a long time. <laughs> I mean, I started yoga. I started okay. yoga when I was like 50. But I think it was, I think it was okay. a journey that got me to that. So it was the layers of taking away that, you know, uh, people pleasing. And I think you have to really get over being a people pleaser in order to get to a space where you're okay with self-love. And, and and putting you know what yes. you have to get over that and, and and getting over being a people pleaser took forever for me forever mm-hmm. yeah because i think there's a negative connotation mm-hmm. you know that you, that what people associate with that um i mean we got to come up with a different term i mean so let me know what that is it has to be a different word um because the truth is uh you don't have to not people please i mean i'm a people pleaser to my family that's a priority mm-hmm. to me um now will i you know will i switch gears and not be able to do the thing that fills me up if somebody's sick I, we're not saying that we're not saying that you know th- that it doesn't ebb and flow and it, and it doesn't change based on the reality of our right. lives uh, you know, Bill has four kids. You you are surrounded by um, what comes with that. I mean, I have three kids. We all have between us. I think we have 100 animals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But <laughs> the, the point is, I would like my daughters to learn sooner than later, like I have mm-hmm. in life, that it is OK um, to to set those boundaries. It's actually not only healthy for you. Uh, but it is, it's healthy for the person that you have been enabling. Okay. Cause that's really what it is in my mind is, you know, by constantly giving to somebody who doesn't understand boundaries, you're enabling that behavior and it's just running you into the ground. And then you have absolutely nothing left to pursue the things that fill you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always look at it this, this way, you know, we should all start our day on like a, a like a tank of gas, you know? So if you visualize an, an F uh, for full, if you're lucky and you get a good night's rest, you wake up, you should be close to full. And depending on how you manage your day and the people you surround yourself with in those mm-hmm. boundaries, as the day goes on, you should be um, you should be heading toward E, but not hit it until you go to bed mm-hmm. at night. But we have all had people in our lives that whether it starts at eight in the morning, whether it's a somebody you work with, or a colleague, or a boss, or a spouse, or or a friend, a toxic friendship. Um, that you can hit the E on your gas emotional gas tank by nine in the yeah. morning. And then you literally have nothing left to get you through the rest of the day. So I, I always try to look at it as, you know, a slow progression of working through your emotional gas tank, your fuel tank really is what it is, your emotional fuel tank throughout the day um, so that you have enough of that energy to get you through. And that to me was the first step of self-love, self-care. Um, sometimes it means, you know, I may not take that phone call from a longtime friend that's been in my life. 
um, I may not take it out of the gate at eight in the morning right. um, because there are some boundary <laughs> issues yes. or there's mm-hmm. some toxic, toxicity, mm-hmm. right? I might wait until seven at night because I want, there are some things I want to accomplish throughout my day. <clears throat> and I know if I speak to them out of the gate, I'm going to yeah. be drank. Well, it's, you, you have, it, it's a boundary set. I mean, I've, I actually, right now, as we speak, I have about eight emails that I need to answer right now. And people are waiting for an answer from me, but it's like, you know what? <sighs> wow. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of unwinding right now. I've kind of, yeah, I'm a little wound up and from my day and getting through the day and I will get to you, but you know, I got to do it on my time. So there it is. Right. Healthy, healthy boundaries. So what have you Mm -hmm. learned along the way? Um, What lessons really have you learned about getting beyond being a people pleaser? And I know it's been a journey and I know setting healthy (laughs) boundaries, but I mean, if you were to actually put in a format, like these are really the lessons I have learned. I have learned these things um, from it. What would those be? Number one, I've learned that I have to do this i have to care for myself you know someone might translate in and then to say hey i have to love myself i mean i say just care and put my self-care first i think that's that's number one uh number two i've learned through the process that in order to do that i too have to do my share and by that i mean i have to know um what things make me happy and have those in place in my life. Because I think that's really key. Uh, if you have a base, if you will, or as you put the analogy you know, of a full tank. So if you can have that fulfillment, that happiness in your life, I think that's, that's something I've learned as well. The other thing that I've learned in the journey to, uh, you know, to, it, it, is that animals, particularly dogs, <laughs> play a huge role in my self-confidence, my self-love, my happiness, and um, in my balance in life, right? It may not sound like an important thing, but I learned, for me, it is. And throughout my life, so many times when I had them as kids, I had dogs always as a kid, through middle parts of my life, I didn't. Uh, Recently here in the last, you know, eight or nine years, I have, and it's helped balance my life. It's helped me deflect some of the things that I might normally let in. So those are foundations that I have had um, at, that have helped. That Those are lessons. So with that said, I think a person has to find those things. You know, what are those things that really um, will help you establish a foundation that you're able to take care of yourself and deflect others and deflect things that aren't good for you, right? And- Right. Um, exactly. And, and be okay with deflecting them. Um, but you first have to be able to recognize them. And I just genuinely believe that in order to recognize them, you have to have a foundation, a good foundation yourself and find out what those things. I, I say three to four things, the three or four most important things in your life um, that will help form that foundation. Right. And that's what I find. And that's what I finally found. Now, is my life perfect? Absolutely not. No one's life is. I mean, that I know of. Um, but it, 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 what it does to me, it just solidifies that, hey, this, at least 
where I am in this part of my life, in my life's journey, in my life story, I at least have a four-prong foundation to help me get through. And, and that's what I've learned through that process. I couldn't agree more, especially about the dog. We're both crazy about dogs. I did not have dogs growing up. I have four mm-hmm. now, so that should just show you mm-hmm. where that led. But, um, you know, I always, I always say, um, please, God, let me be the, the person my dog <laughs> yeah. I am. Dog, dogs, right? right? Um, and as we speak, I have two of them laying on my, my mm-hmm. feet as we speak. But I agree with you. It is a total... Um, it, it is a total uh, ability to all they do is give. They just give. I mean, um, they just see you for who you are. They forgive you. There's no issues. I always say there's no issues with my dog. Like they just love <laughs> yeah. who I am. Uh, and it's not it's not a complicated mm-hmm. relationship, um, which I you know, I wanted to ask you and something that we have touched on before is part of the people pleasing um, and recovery of being a people pleaser and, and in that you learn the skill set of setting boundaries mm-hmm. um, is prior to getting to that point, uh, there is this there is this um, constant, I guess, ability that we have learned along the way to make ourselves small to make others feel oh better. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So what would your advice be on, um, you know, when you're, when you're setting those prongs, whether it's mm-hmm. three, four, what, whatever that is, that's right, right. for you. Um, you know, I, I, I say, you know, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most right. time with. Right. So choose wisely who you surround yourself with and let go faster. I'm always telling my girls, let go faster of those who expect you to be small, to play it small so that they can feel better about themselves. Wow. What a difficult, I mean, wow. You couldn't have said that even better in terms uh, any better in terms of, you know, making yourself smaller to basically, you know, people please. Um, it's been a, that's also been a journey for me. Let me tell you, because I was raised to be humble, 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 humble. And so that means that, you know, you never think of yourself as being any better than anyone. We're all equal. Um, and, and which is great, right? I mean, to be a grounded person in that, in that space, but along with that comes the tendency to make yourself smaller sometimes in situations with people um, in, in order to get through that situation or in order to not appear uh, to be bigger. Um, and I tell you, Mary Susan, that has been, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. I think th- this has been one of the major issues for me in my life. And I find myself here I am at age 60 and sometimes I'm still doing it. Uh, and I say to people, look, basically don't but figure out how not to and i'm you know i'll set an example when when if you're in a room with someone and uh there are other people around you and you're with someone that you work with let's say i'm just gonna use that as an example and the people in the room are very impressed with you and they make all these they oh my gosh i love you this i love your work i do you know um 
and then the person you're with then tries to cut you down and say, yeah, well, he ain't that great. Yeah, you don't have to this, you know, you don't have to be with him all the time. Are you using that to really cut you down? And then standing there and being and and becoming smaller, right? And kind of taking that and, and just going, ah, ha, ha, laughing. And yeah, I'm so bad. You know, I don't know if, you, if, I'm, if I'm getting. Yeah, to make, to make them, them more comfortable. comfortable. I have done that so many times in my life. And I'm telling you, I have finally got to a point. And I think you mentioned COVID and how COVID has changed a lot of our world. And it really is more recently is that, that I have finally said, you know what? I am sick of doing this. You know, I have to, you know, I have to be able, A, to accept praise, number one, and B, if someone is trying to make me smaller because my, the praise that I'm getting makes them feel bad about who they are or badly, whatever, I, then you know what? That's on them. And right. And right. Um, yes. And that's part of the setting the boundaries mm-hmm. is saying, you know what? I'm not okay with that. I mean, I'm not, it's not okay. And I was completely raised the same way. Be right. humble, be kind, be under mm-hmm. the radar, um, you know, uh, do good works, do good things. Um, and I quite frankly have raised my, our kids, my Zach, and I believe in those, those are the, that's like a moral compass for us. Um, but there is a difference between people, um, who want to take advantage of that and expect you, um, to, you know, the way I look at it is I, I don't do shaming anymore. I, I guess it's a great way to shame. put it, shame. Um, yeah. yeah. And I've actually even said that I've actually been in a Bible study. I'm not even joking you in a church in a weekly Bible study where the same person in a group setting continually cut me down, continually um, shamed me in front of our small little group. And, you know, I finally pulled her aside uh, and it was so upsetting to me all week. Like I would hear something that was supposed to fill my cup up. So it's supposed to be something that, you know, filled my uh, emotional and spiritual cup up. And I had anxiety about going because I was going to be ridiculed and cut down and shamed um, for what I do. And I finally pulled her aside and said, I want you to know, I won't be coming back to this small group because of the shame that you continually put on me. And, you know, but that was Mm. a boundary. And it was really powerful for me to say, you need to be aware you make somebody feel like this and then I extracted mm-hmm. that right which was hard to do you have to let go like you're like well I look I have every right to be mm-hmm. here like everybody else I mean this is something I'm trying to better myself with but I had to let go and then uh, pivot find a new way a new group you know um, but a healthier dynamic uh, in this case you know um, something, an outlet, um, through, through Bible study, which was important to Mm -hmm. me is important to me. Uh, but you had Mm -hmm. had to protect myself. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of times it comes in unexpected places. And typically it's just one person who has the ability to shut you down. And I think I wish I would have learned Mm -hmm. earlier in life. Like, you know, you think it, you, you can't believe that one person has right that ability, or one person right? would even want to do that. And I think that's a, you know, that's another piece of that story is that, you know, like we don't think like that. I mean, you know, I don't think about, 
you know, tearing someone down in any way, really, and especially publicly, like when someone's complimenting them or whatever, or just in general to if if I don't agree with something that someone says, or maybe I have an issue with something uh, that someone does, uh, that's not something that I would say in front of them or say publicly or, or try to ridicule that person in any way. Um, because at first, if it's my, if I'm having a problem with it, then it's probably my problem, right? And it's not that person's problem. So, but I don't think I think a lot of us aren't able to internalize, um, you know, wanting to do that or wanting to shame another person. I don't. I just don't think a lot of people really un- understand that that motion, that action, that emotion is is yours it's internal it's not external so Mm -hmm. you need to figure yourself out if that's you know the kind of trip you're on i guess i don't know right and you know i'm not advocating um to be combative or i mean that was a journey in my life that but i i think the power really comes in identifying Mm -hmm. it and um identifying it extracting it from your life, letting it go, um, not holding a grudge or being judgmental, but letting it go faster so that you can recover and you can um, really find those who help you be your authentic self. And it really goes back to what your grandfather said. I mean, if you really think about it, everything we've just talked about goes back to that interaction where your dad was trying mm-hmm. to shame you for for something he knew i'm not even sure if you knew it fully then uh, as young as you were i that's probably a whole nother mm-hmm. discussion um but he was shaming you for something that he saw in you which was to have mm-hmm. a son that was gay and your grandfather said and he no said more sherman shaming. be who you are sherman and he extr- be who you are mm-hmm. but he extracted the person yeah, kicked him out who of the shamed house. you kicked him out and he kicked him out of the house his own Step son, son. Yep. his own son mm-hmm. said no more yeah. no more and lifted you up and said son yeah. i mean it be was who you are it was a powerful really? moment when that happened in my life it was life-changing i mean i think really that moment um it's probably it's it it is single it's probably the best advice i ever got in my life and it came at that moment when i was 16 years old be who you are and guess what you can only you can't be anything else right i mean you can't be anything else right so we all have to be you know you had your grandfather quote unquote protecting you um, in that moment, but that's really what we're all called to do is to be our own advocates and our own emotional, um, protectors so that we can be who we are. And that is, that is when life is beautiful. That is when things are created. That is when things are shared. That's when people do their best, um, you know, work and they get to be good humans and, and, um, I, yeah. So I, kudos mm-hmm. to your grandfather for, you know, for really understanding it and standing up, um, standing up to his own son so that his grandson could live a life. Of yeah, who right. Really I are. never thought those those words, 
would ever be something that I would carry forever, but I have. And, um, you know, it, it just, they're just powerful. And so and that's a really, you know, I'm talking about writing a memoir. That's a huge part of my memoir is that those, those words be who you are, be who you are. Those four words are so have been a blessing for me as was my grandfather. So. Well, you may have already answered our last question or two, our two last questions for the, for the, this podcast typically are, um, do you have a life mm-hmm. motto that you live by and, um, does that shape what you think the meaning well, of life? Yes, is? because be who you are is definitely, <laughs> is definitely the foundation for me, um, in my journey. Um, but with that, there is a model that I have a motto that I have that comes with that. Um, and it also comes from my grandfather um, who said, you know, Sherman, don't ever let a situation control you. You control it. And that too has been <laughs> those two things, those two pieces of advice, you know, they could be a foundation or a motto or whatever, however you want to describe them. Those those two things have stayed with me, Mary Susan, so much throughout my life. I, it's unbelievable to me that, and it's not that they consciously stayed with me. You know, I didn't say at that moment, oh my gosh, my grandfather said this to me. I'm going to carry this with me. It wasn't like that at all. It's just those things stayed in my heart. They stayed on my mind. Those statements, I mean, of all the statements that you know, people have made to me over, over my, in my life, uh, from my grandfather, who we call Poppy, um, you know, what Poppy said to me those many years ago uh, stuck with me. So I had no idea at the time how much of an influence he would be in my life. But man, man, oh, man, oh, man, he's been he's passed away a long time ago. And I, I know that I, I'm able to be to do what I'm doing now. And I owe so much of it uh, to him. I mean, he helped me through college and helped me on that journey and, and was highly influential in me actually going to college. So I owe so much to him. Well, I am grateful that mm. he was as wise as he was so that you can be who you are. And then I get, <laughs> we, get that. So grateful, we get to share, we get to share each other for you. Um, <laughs> We do get to share each other and um, so grateful that you should always share your wisdom and your authentic self with our, with our kids and that you understand um, that life is a journey. I cannot wait for your memoir to come out um, and I will be the first to, to support you and cheer you on. Um, and I would like to do a formal okay. proposal to you now, but I, we had talked about this and I know how busy you are um, with work, but it would be really great to have you as a reoccurring guest on the Mommy Magic podcast, help host these difficult uh, discussions that we are really trying to inspire others to be their authentic self and to to really um, live a life of, mm-hmm. of self-care, self-love, and so that life can be meaningful um, and so there's, I'm down on one knee and I'm proposing. Uh, yeah. will, will you marry in, in me mommy and the Mommy in Magic, Magic Podcast? Magic well, How about well, that? I would love to be uh, recurring on Mommy Magic Podcast. So 
you know, we can always discuss whatever, you know, and openly that's, you know, part of my motto too is an open book. So absolutely. I accept. <laughs> Yay. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a for sure date. That's great. And you know what? This podcast was born out of a little mm-hmm. book I wrote. I actually wrote it for my three girls. And I've it's read called it. Life's Little Guidebook. Yep. Tips for leading. Yeah. Tips for leading a meaningful life. If you want more information about um, the little guidebook and tips for leading a meaningful life, which this Mommy Magic podcast is based on, you can go to my website, which is mommymagic2too.com and find it there. Um, a great holiday gift idea. Um, and not only that, if you could like uh, the Mommy Magic podcast on social media, you can find Mommy Magic on Facebook and also the Mommy Magic pod uh, on Instagram. Give us a like and follow us. Um, and most of all, if you would share with others, we're committed to having meaningful conversations and really being authentic in the process. Mm. And Sherman, I can't tell you from the bottom of my heart, you have been such a gift in my life. So grateful that um, we have shared so many journeys together and continue to Absolutely. go forward. And congratulations uh, in doing on so. the podcast. I am excited. Happy for you. You are the best. Know how grateful I am for you. Know how loved you are. And um, I hope you just continue to be blessed. No one deserves it more. So I really hope um, you just continue well, thank you, honey. Uh, and to we'll, be blessed. And more to come. More to come.